amnesia. It was very easy to come up with at least 20 examples off the top of our heads. back to trope time where we discuss tropes and what's problematic about them. <laughs> I am Nikki. And I'm Izzy. And today we're going to be discussing amnesia. Yeah, amnesia. It, I, we were coming up with our list and it was very easy to come up with at least 20 examples off the top of our heads. And the thing is, we actually had uh, a different, um, a different uh, subject planned, but we were talking in the car at SDCC this past weekend, and we're like, "Oh my God, amnesia! We should probably do this because it's really, really easy thinking about how many, how many uh, things are affected by amnesia." Yeah, and and a lot of times how it's it's used kind of just really problematically aside from the fact that obviously it's used in a way that is not representative of real life um it's a lot of times very removing the consent from certain angles and taking away the um consequences from the individuals who created quote-unquote the amnesia um because at the end, if it's like a romantic comedy, which we'll bring up, you're like, it's all's well because love trumps everything. And you're like, that was really messed up what just happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be all right with all this really intense deceit and manipulation. But hey. Yeah, so. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was going to say we should probably break down the two different. Uh, I think everyone knows what amnesia is. It's a temporary or sometimes permanent loss of your memories and I think we've whittled it down to like two different types of amnesia being mentioned in media um like Izzy was just saying it's a lot uh power someone taking advantage of somebody who lost their memories and then sometimes it's a little bit more innocent like I think we're going to bring up Dory from Finding Dory and Finding Nemo yeah, so the real life ones, looking this up before our podcast, the in real life, the thing that actually um, happens with amnesia is you have psychogenic amnesia, which is coming directly from a psychological trauma. And so that's what's causing the inability to recall those memories. And then organic amnesia, which comes from brain damage. Now, brain damage can usually be indicated either by a physical type of injury or through some sort of drugs or something that affect where it actually changes the brain itself and it's not stemming from trauma. I feel like the second, the latter, the one that is the organic amnesia is the one that is most commonly found in our um, popular media and also becomes the one that becomes a little bit more traumatic, even though I think as storytelling, the psychological one would be more interesting to write about, but I guess it's not as easy. Go through. In anime, I've seen a lot of psychological ones, or some sort of sometimes a third factor, like magical, like we'll talk about. I feel like magic can go through brain damage 
version because it mm-hmm. changes how the brain is doing stuff. Um, and, and yeah, we'll talk about magic also with Harry Potter. And yeah. Problems. All right. So let's go ahead. And now that we know what real amnesia is, let's go into tropey amnesia. So let's start with the most kind of innocuous, the ones that are not that terrible, just to kind of get our feet wet. And so we've already mentioned Dory from originally Finding Nemo and then Finding Dory, um, voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. This one we have this little fish and is used as the sidekick, right? And helps to kind of get our main character, Marlon, less, what would the word be? Uh, crazed and anxious or be the focus of his anxiety while he's still looking for his son? Yeah, I feel like she's a nice distraction from him becoming, like you said, too anxious and doing something irrational, even though he's pretty rational person. But when it comes to his son, you know, parents can sometimes not make the greatest decisions in the heat of the moment. Right. And I kind of feel in the way that the story brought those two characters together, that she becomes a surrogate for Nemo during the search for Nemo. It's like he feels like he has to try to like parent her and keep her safe. But she's constantly pushing boundaries because she forgets what the boundaries were. Right. Um, So a great example would be the whole thing with the sharks, which I absolutely love that scene where Mm -hmm. they go to... I guess the version of AA, but for sharks, mm-hmm. um, which was great. And then also the part with the jellyfish where she doesn't remember if they were supposed to go through or over. Um, and then she almost dies and he has to save her. But so that's kind of like a use as comic relief. Would you say would that be a, a good? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Although I feel like that might be problematic in its own way, taking a, a disorder and turning it into a punchline. Right. And if we hadn't had uh, Finding Dory, I would definitely agree with this. But in Finding Dory, you realize that she's been like this since she was teeny tiny, little baby fish. And that her parents had tried to work this whole like system in place to help her remember how to get home because they knew that she had difficulty remembering. So yeah. if it hadn't been because they were like, you know, years later, what was it, 10 plus years, maybe 20 years. How old are we? Um, years to go ahead and and kind of flesh out that part of the character. It really worked out. And it's interesting in the movie, it's a little bit inconsistent on the things that she does remember and the things that she doesn't remember. But So that could be kind of problematic. But I feel like having that context and backstory that it was since she was a baby, this has been an issue, made it less of a joke, if that makes sense, for everyone who kind of like went and saw the sequel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like if you if they would have just left it with Finding Nemo, it could have been a bit more problematic. But I feel like um, they highlighted her everyday struggle to get by, which was um, refreshing. So, but and then uh, I think we had one other example of not as problematic. Well, one that I'm really on the fence on because I like it, but it's like I. Do recognize it's got issues. Fifty first states. Oh yeah, which is clearly brought about by, I would say, definitely the brain damage because of the accident, the car crash that precipitated mm-hmm. her. Um, 
it's it's kind of weird. Like I feel like I should be not so happy with this movie, but I also kind of really like it. Uh, mostly because the idea of I think that they're trying to push is that he has to constantly think of new ways to attract her and keep her interested, which is an interesting thing to think about regarding kind of uh, not becoming complacent within a relationship in general and how when she's finally talking, they have, I guess, the bonfire with her friends and everything like that. And she tells them like, yeah, well, apparently we've been on this many dates and I forget every single time. And so we started my journal or whatever. And it was interesting to see the reaction of the couples at that bonfire saying like, oh my God, that's so romantic. Because like he has to make you fall in love with him every single day. And so I'm like, ah. Also, how freaking scary. Like I do appreciate that they started that video because seriously, how does she wake up pregnant and not freak the hell out? Yeah, I would. Yeah, honestly, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. It's Adam Sandler, right? Yes, Andrew Barrymore. Yeah, because it's Adam Sandler, I automatically throw it in the trash pile. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it is like, I don't know how. Okay, but it's not as bad as other ones we're going to talk about. Like this one I have kind of wishy-washy feelings about, but I feel the ones that get even creepier are going to be the ones where memories are completely stolen from the individual either because they quote unquote forgot due to being in a certain place for too long. Um, So an example of that would be the baby stolen by the Goblin King in Labyrinth. So the Goblin King goes, so David Bowie goes ahead and steals human babies from the human world, takes them back to his realm and After X amount of time, if the babies are not rescued or whatever, they will turn into goblins and then just be goblins and never know that they were humans. That's creepy as all hell, especially for a kid's movie. I love that movie, but it is creepy. Well, also in Labyrinth, when uh, she's dancing during the ballroom Mm -hmm. scene, she begins to forget everything around her. At least that's what they had hoped for. And I believe it started working. Right, and then something snaps her out of it. I think it's maybe the baby cries or something like that, or she remembers Mm -hmm. about a baby crying or something. She has a bit of a flashback. But yeah, during that masquerade ball is exactly where it's like he's trying to do the same thing to her. Yeah, Um, I mean, David Bowie is pretty mesmerizing. Yeah, Um, we can see this happening. He's pretty hypnotic. Um, Also a very problematic character, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, The other one that has a similar type of thing, like if you're at a place for too long, you start forgetting your real memories or whatever, um, would be, so back in the 80s, there was this movie called um, Little Monsters and had Fred Savage when he's little. And basically the premise was that the monsters came out from under your bed and scared you. Ooh, scary. Um, But if little kids actually went under their bed, they would go into the monster realm and the monster realm was super fun and there were no rules and no adults and woo, the life to this. But if you stay there too long and the sun came up in the same place where you had gone under, and so there's like this time threshold, then you were stuck there and you became a monster and you forgot that you were a boy or a girl. And so there's a scene where they have like a clock, like a world clock's 
you know, so they have all the time zones. And so Fred Savage's character is, you find out that they're all being tricked and manipulated by like a, a larger monster who's like the evil adult in the whole movie. And he's trying to just kidnap children, apparently, to make them his slaves. For, I forget what the reason was. It was really lame. But anyway, so there's this whole scene where they're trying to, him trying to get out of this realm in time so that he's not trapped. And I think he ends up being somewhere like in Hawaii because he started off in like Jersey or something. So that's like where they had to like run. And so they're running up these like piles of stuff to try to get through this time warp. Um, the same thing happened. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, definitely. I think it's going to, you're going to say exactly what I think you're going to say. Peter Pan? There you go. Exactly. It's ripping off of Peter Pan with like monsters and, you know, but the whole no rules and, oh, we're going to have fun. Yeah. The Lost Boys, they seem so chill until you realize you were not born here. Where did you guys come from? (laughs) <laughs> why does Peter keep stealing children? <laughs> like, and I mean, I guess there could be something to be said about like he's technically stealing the majority of them, I guess, or orphans, mm-hmm. but not really. And then like when you go into Hook, the live action movie later on, where you find that Peter's grown up, he's got a family, blah, blah, blah. And then you have all the lost boys that came with him, but they're still messed up. Like what's his face? Can't find his marbles. And everybody thinks he's quote unquote lost his marbles like he's crazy as if it was a euphemism. But no, he's like literally lost a bag of marbles. Mm-hmm. Which is just yeah. I remember also, um, I don't know if, uh, if anybody read the NeverEnding story because like the movie wasn't the whole story. Mm-hmm. But um, what's the main character's name? Not Atreyu because that's obviously the awesome character. <laughs> um, Oh my God, I can't remember his name. But anyways, I'm gonna look it so up the, um, the story continues. He actually saves um, everybody from the nothing and rebuilds the whole world. But in that process, he becomes like a hero and he travels and mm-hmm. he forgets who that he's, where Bastion. he came from. Bastion, that's right. And he forgets where he came from. He only remembers himself as being a hero. And he starts treating the train like shit. Oh. Like crap. Because he believes now he's the savior. And he saved mm-hmm. everybody. And so that makes him better than a traitor. And mm-hmm. he just completely forgot his roots. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. I, I just remember that. I remember reading that in high school and being like, oh man, Bastion turned into an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you only watch the movies and not the books. Yeah, apparently there was a sequel, but I never watched it. No, it's sequels for those types of things usually got really bad, especially back then. Yeah. They did not have as much money behind them to like have good writers, I feel. I agree. And it probably ruined my impression of the of the classic. Yeah, I could see that absolutely happening. So but, those are the ones of like, can you think of another one where they're taken and forget because they are either in a different place? Um, or... hmm, not not forget. I've I've seen uh, ones where like maybe your life is elongated or you physically change, mm-hmm. but not you forget, not forget who you were before. Um, I mean. Changelings in general, like the Goblin King, but like from old folklore 
changes in general, babies being stolen mm-hmm. and being replaced with the changeling. So, um, but I have, I have a feeling that more comes out of like gaslighting and stuff like that. And that's yeah. a different trope. It definitely has a whole bunch of that. And I'm sure there's like a bunch of like Brothers Grimm stuff that has this type of a trope as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where like you're as a child, you forget who you were. The other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is forgetting childish things. So like your imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. So the one that is the least creepy and actually quite heartwarming is going to be Inside Out. Um where the imaginary friend is the one who saves joy mm-hmm. from being completely uh, trapped and therefore forgotten as an emotion, which is traumatic. Oh, yeah. what was his Bizbop or what was his name? Oh, come on. I don't remember, but he was looking like a clown and I don't like clowns. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was an interesting kind of like, because the whole thing is about her growing up. Yeah, and the things you leave behind. Like, leaving things behind, exactly. And so it kind of made me feel like this was something that was really interesting. And then the creepier version of that is the movie uh, Drop Dead Fred. I'm sorry. Where... That movie gave me nightmares. That so creepy. Me out. So creepy. What is it with the 80s? Like something happened in the 80s when movies, even kids movies, were just so dark. Yeah, super dark. Super disturbing. Like the Black Cauldron the Disney animated movie where they thought it was cool to have Tim Burton animate a children's movie. Something I mean, wicked. I loved it, but yeah. super creepy. Something wicked this day comes. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Escape to which are like traditionally harrowing tales that are like, don't die because all these things are trying to kill you. I mean, if you read any of the actual grim uh, fairy tales, they are not meant for children in a happy-go-lucky way. They are like, these are all the ways you will die if you disobey us. And also just being around uh, adults will cause death. But But yeah, this movie, I don't know what it was. Maybe just the fact that he was just so creepy and she couldn't control him. Like I have control issues sometimes. And having like some imaginary person do stuff and then everybody blame me, that would would drive me nuts. And... Yeah, and maybe like the visual aesthetic of that movie creeped me out too. Yeah, it was a lot visually. But that was definitely, I feel like, the creepier version of what Disney did in Pixar with uh, Inside Out. Also, oh, we forgot to mention this, like taking people's memories away, spirited away. Yeah. Let's talk about that because it's love that movie. So creepy. They take uh, her Chihiro's name and they re- she re- bleh, she's renamed Sen. And uh, she, without her name, she begins to forget some things. Though she hasn't been there that long. The right. person who lost almost all of his memories is Haku, who ends up being the river god. And right. losing his memories is a way for um, uh, Baba, I think her name is, yeah, the, um, the bathhouse owner. Yeah, how she controls everybody yeah. is by taking their names away. Which was such an interesting concept that like just not having your name anymore was what caused you to lose everything. Yeah, well, to think, if you think about it, your name is your identity mm-hmm. and you essentially losing your identity. So you would start losing the memories that went with that identity. Right. 
Um, the other thing that I kind of wanted to delve into was the one that I could figure out and remember, which would be the trauma, the psychogenic amnesia mm-hmm. would be Anastasia. So obviously oh, the murdering yeah. her family would be pretty traumatic. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that one really quickly. Well, at least in the movie, she fell off a train and that was the excuse. Oh. Yeah. She was her grandma and her, because I watched this recently, were um, trying to board a train and they got separated and she ran to jump on the train. She like just grabbed it or something, but then fell and hit her head. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. So that took a turn for what I didn't want. I don't remember that. Why did I remember? Of course, I would remember it was that like her whole entire family got murdered in front of her. Um, Yeah. And not that she like accidentally slipped off of a train. And she accidentally slipped off the train. I think that's like easier because it's a children's movie. Well, yeah, it's got to be easier than explaining that they murdered her entire family in front of her. Yeah, I feel like that was that was an easier visual visually to show kids. Then, hey kids, obviously, this is mental trauma. Let's explain it. Mental (laughs) trauma ABCs. Yeah. And the other, oh, the other one about like forgetting because you've been in a place too long. There's a new show coming out. Let me look it up real quick just to make sure that I have the name correctly. I want to say it's Reverie. Yes, Reverie. So it's a new show that's coming out this season. No, why would I open iTunes? Um, It's coming out. And basically it becomes kind of like the Oasis. So it's a virtual, if you've seen or read Ready Player One. So basically it's a virtual world that you go in and you can have any dream realized. You can either relive a moment in your life or what, or just create a brand new persona. And so then apparently this has become a problem because so many people go into this program and then forget that it's a program and never want to leave. Like don't want to get out of mm-hmm. this, uh, let's just call it Matrix. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because there's an anime that came out last season based on a visual novel and it's called Caligula. And same basic concept. Um, these people were having terrible lives and they heard a song from basically someone like Miku, like a digital uh, a digital idol mm-hmm. and they are drawn into a virtual world and she wants to make everybody happy so she gives them whatever they desire and makes and a few of them start remembering that they're not supposed to be there that this is a game and that they want out and, and they were only in here because they're running away mm-hmm. but uh, the the instrumentalists or the artists or musicians, they tune the world so that way they can reprogram people that remember. So it's them Uh, running away from the musicians so that way they don't forget again. But at the same time, they're trying to get out because they don't, they've decided that they don't want to forget. There's also another Atomi game that I played called Bad Apple Wars, similar concept. Um, Everybody's dead. You're in purgatory and they're trying to figure out how to get out of purgatory. I love that and this is the premise of a dating game. Yes. Continue. And, and there's, a, there's a school in the game and you can either choose to become a good apple and just go to class every day. But as you go to class, you start losing your face, actually. And oh. you're assigned a number instead of a name. 
and everybody just blends together and everybody says, well, maybe if we just graduate, we'll be done. And they have a graduation ceremony at the end and they leave, but no one knows where they go. Or you can rebel, keep your identity and memories and actively try to break the rules to try to get expelled. If you're expelled, you actually get to go back to your former life. What the hell is this game? (laughs) And why are people dating in this scenario? (laughs) Because, well, actually... One of the rules, interestingly enough, is you can't say I love you. If you say it, it just won't come out. And you're also not allowed to feel, you can't feel feelings of affection. And if you do, you break the rules and become expelled. It's a long story. But anyways, it's got memory stuff in it. Okay. (laughs) Sure. This is why Izzy sucks at dating Sims. Not all dating Sims. And we are like, I just, I always go down the wrong rabbit hole in those ones. They're like, oh, everyone will choose A. And I'm like, oh, look at B. Story ended. Dang it. You just um, get the bad endings. That I always you get die. the bad endings. <laughs> um, okay, so let's continue. So then we've got the trope. Let's go now to, because we're going in progression of suckiness. So the next one I want to talk about is this trope where you were a weapon mm-hmm. and you forgot. And so you try to have a normal life until you have to save the ones you love now and you remember, quote unquote, that you were a weapon. So obviously I'm thinking about the Iron Giant. So many feels. Yeah. Oh, that movie. Vin Diesel will forever be like amazing to me just because of the voicing of that one was just so heartfelt. Like it made me cry. It was such a good movie. But, um, I mean, we also see it in, like we mentioned, kind of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. But there she's, like, okay with being, like, when we meet her, she's already okay with being a weapon. Yeah. She doesn't have people she cares about, like, in a regular life first. Like, I feel like Iron Giant, he just thinks he's cool and he's, like, a giant robot. And it's not until he gets shot at, because, you know, yay. Um, that he like starts becoming that and actively fights against it. So that was kind of like, um, I don't know, more heartbreaking to me, even though Ghost in the Shell is highly traumatic um, just as an entire premise. But I feel like in in The Iron Giant, it was a little bit more like he didn't know he was going to, he was a weapon because he had that bump in his head and it wasn't until that bump got fixed that then he reverted, quote unquote, back to his old self and uh, became all murdery. I was oh, just thinking also. Who else was a weapon? Um, I don't remember. Oh, what is it? Dating sim. Oh, just <laughs> oh, tell us about this dating sim. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So you wake up in a mansion and all you remember is that you're supposed to not leave that because your dad told you not to. Mm-hmm. And then you were stolen by Arsenine Lupin and you befriend Victor Frankenstein and Dracula, all classic characters from literature. But you find out that you actually were only born two years ago because you're a clone and you are basically a ticking time bomb to blow up the whole city of London. Sure. Again, what's the dating part of this? Um, they're trying to actively save you and to not be a bomb. And oh, by the way, the oh, other love? Big, oh. 
another big thing is your skin is acidic, so anything you touch dies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, dating is interesting when you have to, <laughs> when you can't catch anything because you will melt your lover's face off. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack in that mm-hmm. whole scenario. We were also thinking about Shiro from Voltron. <gasps> yes. And that's so going to be a good segue into clones. And the reason you don't remember that you don't remember is because you're yeah. a clone and your memories have been curated and placed into your brain. So let's talk yeah. about Shiro. Shiro. Um, so the first Shiro that we see is actually a clone and he doesn't know it. So he has all the memories of everything. And um, except for how he got his weapon arm. Except for how he got his weapon out. And he gets brief flashbacks from when he was abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we find out, spoiler alert, in like this last season, season six, mm-hmm. that um, he's actually a clone because the sorceress or whatever um, can actually manipulate him and he turns evil and he ends up fighting Keith. And there's just millions of Shiro bodies during their fight. And he leaves, he like, Keith tries to help him, not realizing, thinking that he might be the real Shiro. But it turns out the real Shiro's spirit doesn't have a body. He lives in the Black Lion. So creepy. And so the real Shiro, like, kind of molds with the clone and takes over the clone body Mm -hmm. and is okay. And his hair is all white. But yeah. Um, the real There's a lot Shiro, to unpack there. Yeah, a lot, lot to unpack. So the real Shiro had all of his memories. So it's kind of like a unsure, it's on the toes of the line. Because the clones didn't have all the, the memories. But they weren't, you know, Him. the real article. So yeah, that goes into, or were they, if you want to go into ethics. Um, yeah. Again, problem. Oh, before we veer into more clones, I wanted to talk about that whole like, oh, you forgot you're a weapon. I go Iron Giant and then I jump to Wolverine from X-Men. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like how many women that he's fallen in love with do these people just murder so that he goes berserker and does what they want, would, does all the killing that mm-hmm. they want him to do. And the Weapon X project is like horrible. Oh, it's so traumatizing. So then you've got that one, and then you've got the willing kind of wanting to forget what well, he does sort of remember with Professor X, where he asks yeah. Professor X to like block certain things, mm-hmm. bring certain things forward, etc. But it's like if you read the comics, they would like just have him fall in love. Like he definitely had a type with the girls mm-hmm. and with women that he was attracted to. And then they would just straight up like let them have a life. Up until a certain point when he was like really into this relationship and committed and thought he was finally happy, they murder the woman, he goes crazy and goes into berserker mode and they just kind of like point him at who they wanted him to kill. So that was... That's another trope of violence against women used as a... Yep. A fridge fridge all of his freaking love interests. And even if you look at like <laughs> Dark Phoenix, that's also kind of problematic. Bucky. Oh, let's go to Bucky. That's a good segue. Mm-hmm. Look at our marvelness. So yeah, so we've got Bucky being taken by Hydra, Zola in particular, 
and being tortured all kinds of crazy ways initially saved by cap mm-hmm. doesn't fully remember exactly well we never find out if he remembered exactly what they did to him but we do know when he sees solo again that he's just like oh my god danger 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 we gotta get out of here but then we find out in winter soldier that bucky was taken by hydra so they say that they wipe him so it's the memory suppressing machine okay that wipes him and starts over so it just like resets mm-hmm. his memory to the script that they had where he like is just a loyal hydra soldier and like you could see in that scene that he knows it's coming and he's kind of like i remember him why do i know that guy and being super super confused and like you actually see him start like crying and then it's just like but i don't want to remember this like it's too confusing puts the thing in his mouth and then he gets wiped with uh, i guess electroshock and some sort of like chemical cocktail thing that they did to him super tragic yeah, yeah. It, it seems like um, uh, we were mentioning earlier about how Misha is used as a power play, not just for weapons, but also for if you're talking about relationships and sexual stuff, it's mostly women. Yeah, a lot, it's of, like a lot of women taking over. So like we've got uh, While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. Mm. so creepy like she is infatuated with this guy saves his life which is nice you know good for her mm-hmm. but then like convinces his entire family while this guy's in a coma that they've had this long relationship and then like on even further creeper notes takes it a step further to fall in love with his brother and that is just a mess of a story and it's a romantic comedy and all is well because of love because so of love, right? It's a romantic comedy. So this, yeah, this is it's fine. This is really fine. Problematic. Same thing happens with Overboard in both iterations. The original, like, 80s one with uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, where he convinces her when she wakes up with amnesia after, after having fallen overboard, hence the name, from her fancy yacht, that <laughs> um, she's actually his wife. And the mother of four kids, because he's a widower, and that she has to take care of this entire house, and that it looks like crap, and and everything is neglected because she's horrible at being a mother, and guilts her into being like a better person because he's trying to show her a lesson since she was a rich snob to him on her boat. No problems there. No problems detected at all. Right, and then she's like, "Well, I guess we have sex." You know what I mean? Like, what the what? And then, of course, as because it's a romantic comedy, we have to have the part where she finds out who she really is, doesn't feel that that's the quote unquote real her. So when she goes back to her rich husband and her rich life, she's like, I don't feel fulfilled anymore. And then she goes back to Kurt Russell and the kids. And you're like, I guess that's good. But oh, so creepers. And then they redid this movie and they flip flopped it. So instead of the guy being the one who is doing this con on the person that's lost her memory. It's now a woman who's doing it to a guy. And that's the one with Anna Ferris and I'll tell you right now his name. Um, and Eugenio de Beres, where he is like this Mexican playboy and is just super spoiled, gets her fired because she got hired to clean the yacht. He like gets her fired over some stupid petty thing, falls off, forgets. 
And then she goes to the hospital saying, sweetie, I'm so glad you're good. And then the whole con starts up, except that for instead of having to take care of the house and the kids, he now has to go be like a day laborer and a construction work and all this quote unquote hard work, um, super gendered, but still not cool. Yeah, if you want to get into the creepy another dating sim, actually <laughs> another dating sim. Go on. Um, because it's easy, at least for dating sims, in order to start fresh, to just have the protag or whoever you're playing as, the heroine, just loses her memories. That's just mm-hmm. always easy. And this one is actually called Amnesia. Well, at least it's in the title. And okay, the reason if you want to segue into magical stuff after this, is because a magical fairy left his land and accidentally bumped into her consciousness. And so she will eventually get the memories back. But until then, he is living inside of her and she can talk to him and he can talk to her and guide her. And so they're trying to figure out who she is And there are a bunch of different routes, but the most problematic of these routes is she is in danger or something. And um, she's been having these really bad things happen to her and she has no no idea because amnesia. Um, People have been leaving eggs in her mailbox. She's been randomly attacked by, you know, cars, by dropped pots out of windows. And um, she gets knocked to the ground and this guy comes and helps her. And he said, oh, and she thinks, oh, he knows me. He's being really nice. And so her first thing without thinking it through, because, hey, this is an odd question to ask somebody that you know, are you my boyfriend? So he's like, yes, I'm your boyfriend. And... um, So she starts, quote unquote, dating him and come to find out he's not actually her boyfriend. Shocker. Yeah. She finds this out because he becomes more and more protective of her. By protective, Um, do you mean obsessive? Yes. Well, he becomes protective of her because all these things are going going on and he's like, I'll protect her. So don't leave my house. I will keep you safe there. And of course, she's getting annoyed and wants to do something, like right. go to work. And so she um, she decides to leave and go back to her house to see if there's any clues. He finds out and he gets mad at her. And their mutual friend comes over and is like, hey, where is so-and-so? I haven't seen her in forever. You're not even like her boyfriend. Why are you saving her like this? And she hears that and she's like, oh crap and the guy leaves and this boyfriend not boyfriend is like you heard that didn't you and she's like yeah Uh and she by this time her little fairy dude is like hey he's been drugging you to sleep all day and like all night so you don't leave so don't eat anything why would fairy dude give her a heads up way before this well, he's been watching her, like, watching him while she's sleeping. And so he's like, you heard that, didn't you? And then forces a kiss on her to put drugs in her mouth to get her to sleep. And then she wakes up in a dog cage. 
Yeah, in I, a dog I feel cage. Like we all saw that happening. That was escalating and, pretty quickly. Yeah, in a dog cage. And he's like, this is for your own good so you don't get out and hurt yourself. So he oh leaves God. and she find, manages to figure out a way out. And because this is obviously an Otome game and anime and <laughs> not anything a sane person would do, she's like, I'm going to go see my friends at my job and tell them what's going on instead of going to the police. So on her way there, a car swerves and hits her, actually hits her, and hurts her leg, and she can barely walk. So my reaction is like, oh, you better be going to the hospital now. You're still hoping. No. She's worried now about going to the cafe and getting back to that apartment in time so he doesn't freak out. So she's like, oh, no. My leg is hurt. I'm never going to be able to get to the cafe in time because by this time she she's so obsessed that now she thinks somebody at the cafe is her boyfriend, and that is more oh, important. Goodness. Finding out if that person is her real boyfriend—that's her instead kind of, of going to the police and her own self care. So she goes back to the apartment oh. and gets back in the dog cage, and he comes home, and because he's a psychopath sees her shoes are not in the same location and there's like you left takes her out of the dog cage gets on top of her and it's like i could take you right now and you could be mine and she's like you would never do that because you love me because you're doing all these things for me and i appreciate you doing all these things for me and keeping me safe Oh and I God. believe in you. And he breaks down crying. And he's like, you're right. I did all these things what for the you. Hell? These girls are bullying you because that guy at the coffee shop that you're friends with is a really popular amongst the girls. And they're jealous. So they're torturing you. And I figured that out. And I apprehended them. And I turned them into the police. And then they date happily ever after. And that's the good ending. You don't want to know what the bad endings were. Oh my goodness. The bad endings were exactly what you would think in that storyline. They would be. How the bad endings went. Oh no. Yeah. So, and that, my friends, is a game called Amnesia. So, never date Toya. (laughs) Pretty much. It's just like, oh, I'm going to the cops. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing that I wanted to kind of bring up in this whole realm of a controlling type of a thing? So we already talked about Bucky. We talked about Wolverine to an extent. Um, oh, vampires. Yeah. So glamouring people. So glamouring people, glimmering people. I forget what's called. Men, I mean, that. I think vampires are the the first instance of that where they can kind of like get their victims to kind of forget or remember something different. Yeah, like they rewrite the the memory to yes. however the vampire wants to frame it. Yes. So in a more like modern... Gaslight. Yeah. A more modern iteration would be something like um, Men in Black. Yes. With the little flashers. So also, The Incredibles too. Yes. They're going to flash that poor kid that mm-hmm. asked uh, Violet out on a date. Yeah. I think this is a trope that we see, especially uh, a lot in like superhero type cartoons or people with secrets that don't want them out. 
mm-hmm. just, you know, make them forget or remember, or remember something completely different. But while that's problematic, I still think the most problematic is, is the power over number one women for sexual favors. That's just yeah kind of akin to rape in a way. It, it is rape because yeah. they would have never consented earlier. Like so the sole are, reason you change their memories is so that they would consent. Exactly. Um, and then obviously the, the purpose of using somebody as a weapon. Mm-hmm. That's another power play. Yeah, definitely. That using them, that we could do a whole thing on just like manipulating an individual into becoming a weapon. Yeah. Um, but the other person, oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was Total Recall and yeah. Blade Runner because we we're talking to clones, right? Um, so when does the clone count as a person or the replicant count as a person and have their own memories? You know, like the entire time we're watching Total Recall, we are convinced that Arnold's character is the guy. Mm-hmm. And then you find out he's one of many a guy and not necessarily the guy, the original guy. And it gets all kinds of 80s sci-fi trippy. Um, And in Blade Runner, you basically have someone who is charged with finding replicants that are trying to pass themselves off as Mm non-replicants. And then that segues tragically into Westworld. Oh, yeah where they wipe the avatars as it were and rewrite their stories and make them go through these horrible traumas and then just so well that's cool we're just going to wipe your brain we're going to rewrite your programming and your code and it's chill it's all right we'll just you know reattach this arm that got torn off or you know fix your physical avatar and not worry about the trauma that's happened Well, that's really creepy. And that kind of also makes me think of, um, so I played Destiny mm-hmm. and I played on the PS4. And one of the character types that you can choose from is going to be an EXO, right? So you could either be a regular human or you can be an alien that's going to be um, an Awoken or you can be an EXO. And an EXO is basically a robotic body with a human consciousness put into it. And the really tragic part about this is that because apparently the human mind cannot conceive of being in a different body than it was originally in, right? It gets like intense body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. to the point where like they were like having mental breakdowns. They went ahead and just wipe your memory. So you have your name and then a number next to it. And the number says how many times you've been wiped. And the entire reason that you become an EXO is to become a weapon so that you can't technically die in war. So you could be a merc. Wow. Yeah, super sad. So like Cade Six, if Mm -hmm. you've followed Destiny at all, he is Mm -hmm. voiced by Nathan Fillion. And it was revealed at E3 that for Destiny 2, which is coming, uh, Destiny 2 Year 2, which is coming out in September, um, they're going to go ahead and kill him. His character. Everyone was like, it's cool. He'll come back. And they're like, no, there will be no Kate 7. Yeah, so sad. Really sad. Like, it's really sad when you look at the lore for that stuff. It's super Mm -hmm. sad. 
And that reminds me of Harry Potter with Gilderoy Lockhart because he stole all of those wizards' memories. To write his book. To write his book. And so he had to make sure they did not remember anything. Plus like huge chunks of their life that he has just taken from them so that they can't counteract his story. Yep. And then... That's creepy too. So creepy. Mm -hmm. Super creepy. And then, yeah, you're like, oh, well, he gets his comeuppance because he uses Ron's jacked up uh, wand and it backfires and it's him and he doesn't know who he is. But that doesn't make it okay. No. No, it doesn't. And um, I just remembered I was watching an anime called Children of the Whales Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And it's more so tied about how your memories are are, um, attached feelings okay and so um the ocean is not actually water it's sand and everybody lives on boats and this one enemy boat is powered by a creature that is fed by the inhabitants emotions it makes them emotionless so that way in their mind they can become truly rational beings Mm -hmm and can fight wars more effectively. So they're emotionless, and their memories, while they do have their memories, they don't mean anything. Interesting. They don't mean anything. So it's not quite amnesia, but at the same time, like it is in a way, in that you're stealing the emotions attached to that memory that make them important. So they're essentially, yeah, so they're not the same person. How interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like I said, it's not exactly amnesia, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's got elements of it because like your emotions are what make those memories matter. So if you don't have them, what what are the memories to you anymore? They're just meaningless. It doesn't matter if you remember them at all, unless you're thinking of them in an analytical type data sense. Right. And that takes me really perfectly over into Zero Time Dilemma, this game that you know I hate. And yes. the reason I hate it is because the entire kind of dynamic and game is like Saw, but after each round, quote unquote, someone's going to die. So like if you can choose to either not do something and then it's going to kill you or do something to kill another character. And you keep jumping between characters. So it's not like you're one individual the entire time. You, you go back and forth. But after each round that something, someone dies, because someone has to die each round, everybody's memory is wiped. And then you just are awoken, confused, disoriented, reacquainted. So imagine like the video for 50 First Dates, but it's like, I have trapped you. You are in this place. There are other people here and -and so-and-so is now dead. And you're like, okay, but I don't know if I did it. Did I have anything to do with it? There's just like no ethical kind of like moral, well, what do I do? Do I not kill people now? Because really you're not going to remember as the character when you wake up, if you did something to try to save somebody else or if you did something to actively try to kill them. So it takes all of the like, bite out of your actions because you're just like well who the heck cares yeah and i'm sure that makes me like a horrible human being but that was the premise of the game <laughs> um 
I think now it would be good to move on on how we want to see these this trope rectified and, and how yeah. we would like to see it improved upon instead of in such a powerful way. I mean, I know it just like Disney thinks it's easier to kill off a parent. Yeah. A lot of people think amnesia is an easy way to wipe the slate clean because mm-hmm. then you have to introduce everything to the, to main the viewer. Character, yeah. To the viewer because the main character doesn't know. I right. think it's lazy writing. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. Like we went I, through a whole bunch of them and I, aside from the fact that they're really creepy, it's like when you think about it, you're just like, that's not cool at all. Yeah. I mean, Dory at least tried to handle it from a um, aspect of looking at it as a real disorder, not just as a plot device. Right. With like um, coping mechanisms where she tried to have things yes. that where she was, you know, like a set schedule so she didn't have to worry about those things. Yes. Um, and I can maybe forgive Anastasia because they're working with a real story and they got to have an excuse on why the hell she hasn't been found yet. Right. Yeah. So I can, I can kind of forgive that because like he didn't take advantage of her from having amnesia because she had amnesia when she was a kid. She knows who she is as a person. Right. She's already become the person she is today. Yes. Post amnesia. Yeah. She is a fully developed person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're meeting her years after her amnesia. Whereas a lot of these, the amnesia is pretty fresh and you're starting with a clean slate and somebody is taking advantage of that person because they don't have their memories and basically can't fight back. Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything, you don't know who you are, you can't say no because they might, that person, that other person that you manage or you might be right. Yeah. So I feel like treating it like an actual mental disorder um, would be the best way to incorporate it instead of using it as a trope. And honestly, I don't see it as often anymore. I mean, in, in Western media. Right. A- aside from the new, like, oh, if, if we go into a VR environment, you're going to not want to be in the real world. That's what they're always saying, right? Like video games are addictive because you're not in the real world. And that VR is now going to be the next step towards complete disassociation with the real world um, by being able to, quote unquote, forget what the real world is trapping you with, right? Um, But I think that there's a lot to be said about giving the the writing to be something that is going to be more empowering and not so much about like I like Dory because she's constant. She's like recognizes this is an issue for her, and she's actively trying to to make and take steps that are going to allow her to make better choices and have a better quality of life, mm-hmm. and ultimately to be safe as as safe as she can be, um, but also not like Marlin safe, which was a little bit oppressive. And then we have these situations where we were talking about where they are individuals are causing this memory loss in order to control someone else. And I would like to have less of that, especially yeah. when it gets all rapey. Yeah, that's that's never okay. Like to convince someone, to drug someone so that they think that they are in a relationship with you. Oh, Harry Potter, where they give the love, the love cookies or whatever to mm-hmm. Harry and then Ron accidentally eats it and he almost dies. 
Like that's some intenseness. Like he doesn't remember he was not in love with this person. Um, so I definitely think that we could have less of that. That'd be great. Yeah, I feel, like I said, I personally think it's mostly lazy writing. Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't have a natural way to get from here to there. So amnesia. Right. I do appreciate the ones where as writing, it makes you really start thinking about things. Like when we're talking about Spirited Way, that the sense of like losing your name, what does that mean to your identity and to your your self-image and all that other stuff? Uh, I just kind of hope that they don't have so much this, you know, using of people because my whole big thing is that it takes away their agency. Yeah. You know, and it's not like Astro Boy where he knew that he was not a real boy, but that they try to make him a real boy. And then he chooses that he's going to try to love, like show his love and by protecting the people that he cares about. I feel like that's different than like... um at least the version of the movie, Battlestar Alita, where they just find her in parts, rebuild her, and she's like, I don't know what I'm for. Will you love me? And I, I like, we'll have to do a whole other podcast about that because it's just too much for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we could, that there's definitely ways that it can be approved upon when it is something that talks about more of a psychological kind of driving force for the character. Mm-hmm. And in exploiting their kind of evilness in the case of, you know, like the spirit away with the bathhouse uh, proprietor. I think that's something that is interesting in writing, but definitely not. <gasps> you know what we didn't talk about? The Sinner. Did you watch that show? No. With Jessica Biel? Oh, <gasps> so creepy. We'll talk about it after you, you see it. We'll <laughs> do a follow up and talk about that one because that one's really intense and it deals with a lot of, of uh, consent issues as well. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty much where we're at. Did you want to have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think that, I think we covered, we covered a lot of different franchises. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we did um, over a lot of different types of media. So that's cool. Like we covered anime, we covered video games. Uh, we covered comics and movies. Comics and movies and TV shows and books. Yeah, I think we pretty much hit every corner we could. Yeah, it was All fun. All of them exploiting amnesia. <laughs> so thanks for listening to us rant about amnesia. Personally, <laughs> just, like I said, I think it's lazy writing. <laughs> so I'd like to see it done away with. or At least done or, properly representative of what it's like in the real world. Yes. Someone needs to think before they use that, that trope. Um, but we will be back next time with more. So thanks for listening and um, we'll see you next time. See you next time.